This is the Friday, September 29, 2023 installment of Market Plus. Ted Seifert back with us. Ted, there's something on your head, and we have to have something to, I won't say laugh about, but positive about. You had a hard time smiling during the television program today. Markets are, are tough yep. right now. Yep. Uh, My question to you is, you brought the hat, so do I read into... <laughs> you you have some positive news about corn. Uh, well, you know, like we talked about in in the in the main segment, I, I think there are some brighter spots happening for corn now. Uh, again, I I'm always a big fan of ethanol, but you love to see ethanol profit margins good. That means we're going to continue to grind ethanol, uh, grind corn for ethanol, um, and the export sales are starting starting to pop up. We've got a lot of work to do to actually get to a point where we're happy and proud of our corn export sales. Uh, but we're showing signs of life, and, and that's really nice to see. Uh, the problem is, is that I don't know if these things are bullish enough or friendly enough to get corn going higher in the short term. I think everything that I'm just mentioning now might be the light at the end of the tunnel, because uh, like we were talking about in the main segment, um, I'm very worried about what happens from a broader economy perspective. Uh, and I'm not the only one. I mean, you right. look at the market on Friday, all the markets on Friday, there is a lot of fear and concern out there. So if that comes to fruition, those sorts, those sorts of individual market fundamentals might not really matter all that much. You are looking at, though, the end of the month, end of the quarter, uh, end of the week, not sure. as big of a deal. Yeah, yeah. So you could argue that. September, uh, there's been more times where September has been a worse month than anything else. Mm. So there's a couple of those factors. Outside markets, yeah. are we due, though, for some corrections in some places? And it's never positive to have a correction if you're on the wrong side of it, but it, in the long term, it can be good, question mark? Yeah, uh... When we talk about a correction, I mean, you, you could have said for a long time that the stock market needs a correction. It's, it's kind of a, an inflation bubble that, that it may not burst, but at least needs to, to take some steam out of it. But we've really done that. I mean, if you look at what the stock markets have done since uh, beginning of August, they've really kind of fallen apart. So hopefully we're coming to the end of this correction, but the concern is that we're just getting started. And that could be the case. Uh, the dollar, the strength in the dollar. It's been one of the sharpest rallies uh, in the dollar that we've seen in history from oh. middle of July until now. And yes, it did kind of waver at the end of the week. So maybe we can say, hey, it's starting to act a little toppy. Maybe it can have a correction to the downside, which would be supportive for commodities. You can also say crude oil is, that's the one that's really due for a correction. Okay, we're going to move on to other topics. I'm going to give you the opportunity. You can take the hat off. You don't need to leave it on the whole time. Uh, you know, it's kind of. I am thinking about. I like you the here. tassels. I can see okay. the tassels in the uh, just, shadow, and it's 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 making me smile, Paul. Okay. So. All right. All right. <laughs> Oil. Uh, I was going to ask you at the end of the show. Kind of ran out of time. Yeah. Do you see a hundred dollars a barrel in the future in the next six months? Yeah, I, I think that is sort of a likelihood. Uh, the the supply situation in crude oil is incredibly tight for what we have here in this country. We depleted our strategic oil reserve. We, we dabbled with the idea of, of refilling it, but we haven't done anything near enough uh, to do that. So it's going to, uh, 
we're we're going to have to fill that back up yeah. one way or another. We're unfortunately going to be doing it at higher prices. Um, so yes, I, and by the way, higher crude oil isn't necessarily bullish for grains. And it is actually really rather bearish for the stock market. So that's one of the reasons why I think we're really concerned about what happens with, you know, overall economy. Uh, high crude is not a good thing for overall economy. And by the way, it's, it's, when I say it's not great for grains uh, necessarily is that, yeah, okay, on one hand, uh, when you have high-priced gasoline, then the ethanol blend should be strong because ethanol is a lot cheaper, especially when corn prices are, are, have come off their highs, let's say. Uh, but the problem with that is that if gasoline prices at the pump are so expensive that people start cutting back on driving, which has become a lot more discretionary post-COVID, you know, going into sure. work is, you know, work from home is a, is a thing and it seems here to stay. Um, so if people start uh, pulling back or, or spending less at the pump, not using much gasoline, that's bad for ethanol from a blend standpoint. It's bad for biodiesel. Let's go to the questions that you submitted, and we always thank you. Uh, first, I want to say, Wayne, we did get your question in the main segment, so let's do Jeremy in Michigan now. Uh, he's asking, with talk about China canceling soybean purchases from the USA, if this comes true, how much downside risk could this open the market up to? Look, we have a tremendous amount of risk in soybeans when it comes to China, right? But that's, that's always there. If China invades Taiwan and we stop doing business with China, or they stop doing business with us, that would be catastrophic for our export program uh, in soybeans. We saw hints of that when, when we got into the trade deal and we saw our carryover balloon to almost a billion bushels in soybeans, which is ludicrous. Um, so that's always a risk. I mean, I, I've said for years that we need to be doing things to incentivize uh, infrastructure, developing crush facilities here in the United States, which Hey, the soybean oil market is trying to do it by itself. Um, but we need, to, we need to take Argentina to task and have the value add here so that we have domestic demand for soybeans and we're not, sending a, we're not relying on China to send it overseas. But I don't see that happening in a, in, a, in, a, in a quick time frame. Yes, we are putting some new facilities up. That's great. Uh, uh, biodiesel, renewable diesel, aviation fuel. These are all things that are positive longer term. But, yeah, if China were to stop buying tomorrow or cancel what they have on the books with us, then we are in a world of trouble. And we have no business being bullish soybeans in that, in that scenario because we'd go back to pretty close to a billion bushel carryover. Well, let's get into what crop is out there. You were on the uh, Pro Farmer Crop Tour. Mike in Nebraska wants to know, what's your view of the crop since you were on that tour? Yeah, that tour was, uh, this was a difficult one. It was so hot. Um, you know, I, I'm, I think... What we were saying and thinking on the, on the crop tour, which was, hey, soybean pod counts are really pretty good, uh, but look at the forecast going forward. And that forecast did come to fruition. So I think what we, were, what we were expecting to happen, it did happen. We saw a crop that went backwards. Uh, but in, our, in the pro-farmer estimates at the time, that was all noted, and they gave us some lower numbers based on that forecast. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think that... That was expected. I will say that, you know, some areas the soybeans fared a lot worse than I was expecting, but a lot of areas the soybeans actually hung on pretty well. I've got guys going in the field telling me they're pleasantly surprised by soybeans. Um, and, the, and I think the reason for that was is we had a lot of big plants that were healthy 
uh, going into the end of August, going into the hot and dry time frame that we had, and they took all the moisture that they had in them and pushed that out into the pods. Do you anticipate crops that were in early will do better than those put in late? Yeah, earlier better, uh, yeah. in which is that's normal. But right. because of the time of the rains in August, uh, yes, the earlier okay. is better. Let's do a wheat question. Let's go to Phil in Ontario, if we could please. Uh, Phil is uh, says I've always planted SR uh, SRW wheat. Oftentimes, a grain drill traces uh, a grain drill chases the combine. I'm sorry, Phil. However, wheat futures give me nothing. Everybody, it seems, wants to be bullish wheat. Is there a narrative for that? Or is it the opposite? Yeah, hi, Phil. Um, mm, you know, everybody's, we've all wanted to be bullish wheat for, for quite some time, and we've all tried to pick a low in wheat, and it's just never come to fruition. Uh, I think at some point we'll be right. <laughs> I don't know if that point's soon. Uh, like I said, you know, it, I know this is a reoccurring theme, and I hope that next week, we can say, you know, that f those fears that we had about the economy, that was whatever, and Ted, Ted was crazy and way too bearish. I hope that's the case. But if, if these fears do come to fruition, it's really, it's really difficult to get bullish anything right, right yeah. now. Um, but wheat, like we talked about in feeder cattle, wheat's gotten beaten, beaten up so bad that it's kind of like, well, we can't beat it up too much more. At some point, it's going to get close to corn prices and should have a natural floor <laughs> in that neighborhood. Let's, let's close with one last question. Tony in Nevada had a good question last week, just ran out of time. But Tony, here's your question. Farmers have rain gauges. They subscribe to weather services. The question is why? Weather matters, yes. With Mother Nature wreaking havoc on our planet, our grain markets priced two to three years in the future severely underpriced. For example, D's 25 and 26 corn at 4.95 a bushel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I know Tony's wanted to ask this question for a while, and I picked it for you, Tony. So here we go. You know. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying Tony's wrong. I'm not saying that weather is not becoming more extreme and will continue to ravage crops. And, and, and we will see, could see uh, crops, our, our production really start to decline because of it. Um, however, I mean, we are growing some pretty hardy crops. Hybrids get better, technology gets better, planting uh, procedures get, practices get better. If the market was really concerned about not being able to grow corn or soybeans two, three, four years from now, then that would be reflected in the prices that, that are out there. This is why we have markets, right? If you, if you believe in something and you believe something would happen, well, that's great. Use the market. Go get long that December uh, 25, 26, 27 corn. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I, I, honestly, I think it's an interesting thing. But if the commercials, if the big end users, if they were really, really worried about that, if China was really, really worried about that, then the prices would be higher because they'd be in buying. It makes, it makes sense, but I'm going to poke back on one little thing that you said. The last two years when we've had some challenging seasons, we haven't had it for a full growing season be the challenge. It's either been dry early or it's been dry late. We haven't had that. But if we get that at some point, that could upend things. But again, that's speculating on the market, not the speculators in the market. Yeah, and, and look, that was 12, right? And we, we can, we will have another 2012 at some point. Um, somebody said it was like a 30-year cycle. 
But we will have a 2012 at some point. But that's a one-off year. And then prices do what prices do. They bring out more production for the next year. They ration demand. And then what happened after 12? We went to a long period of time of oversupplying the market, right? We had too much corn, soybeans sitting around. Our carryovers were burdensome. So uh, what Tony's talking about is that a 2012-type situation happening year after year after year after year. It's possible, you know. I mean, there are a lot of people that that say weather is going to extremes and it's going to get worse. And it's it's, um, yeah. I don't know. I'll also say our growing area has kind of shifted north and west, right? And so that might continue to happen too. Uh, Phil in Ontario might might get a little busier. <laughs> Me might. All but right. uh, no, I, I, it's an interesting concept. It's an interesting conversation. But the markets are their own conversation. And if it's not reflected in the prices, then the markets aren't concerned about it. At least not yet. Ted, thank you so much. Good to see you. Hey, pleasure's mine, Paul. Thanks for having me. Ted Seifert, appreciate the time. Next week, we are going to look at the problem of safety when entering the bin and the commodity market analysis of Sue Martin. Thank you for joining us. Have a great week.